Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. We've been reading the text that says, if you're born of God, you are an overcomer. And that's what you, you and I are made to be, uh, predestined to be, called to be. And if you've made some mistakes and you've had some failures in your life, they were not God-ordained. That's just mistakes that were made. But that's not who you are. It's not what you are. It's not God's call and plan for your life. If we'll get back on track, start listening to Him better, start responding to Him better, we'll stop that and it'll just be win after win after win. Does that sound good to you? Hallelujah. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for your grace, your help, your anointing to teach us, to reveal to us your word, your will, your ways. We, we hunger and desire to know more of you. You are so good. You are so right. You are light your life, your love. We reach out to you. We draw near to you. Thank you for responding to us and drawing near to us, giving us what we need today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look please in, in the scripture again at 1 John 5. Let's continue in our study of what we're calling faith that overcomes, overcoming faith. 1 John 5 and 4 says, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Go to Romans, please, the, the 10th chapter and 15. He says, How will they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The gospel holds a preeminent place in the scriptures, in the New Testament, in the plan of redemption. He had just got through describing that anybody and everybody that calls on the name of the Lord would be saved. And he, he described how it happens. You believe in your heart and you confess and say with your mouth. Uh, but he also went into detail then that you can't call on someone you haven't believed in to save you. You won't believe in something you haven't heard. You, you can't hear unless it's been preached or proclaimed or told to you. And it won't be told, uh, the anointed gospel won't be told unless someone is sent, called and sent to do that, anointed to do that. 
And that's where he, he gets to this part, how beautiful are the feet of them that proclaim the gospel of peace, glad tidings of good things. Then he says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So here he's calling the gospel a report. Well, you know, many people have for years called it the good news. Well, what is news? News is a report of something. And so you could call the gospel the good report. And actually in verse 17, when it tells you how faith comes, the word hearing here is also translated report in other parts of the same uh, New Testament. So it could accurately be translated when he says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by a report and the report by hearing the word of God by the Word of God. So report is repeated over and over again. Uh, this is quoting Isaiah 53.1, where he said, Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Jesus quoted this in the Gospel account of John. He quoted this same passage. And the answer to both questions is the same one. What do you mean? To whom is the arm of God, the power of God, manifested and revealed? Who has believed our report? It is the one who believes the report that has the arm of God or power of God manifested to them, revealed to them in their lives. We saw in 2 Corinthians 4, if you want to look at that again, 2 Corinthians 4, we contrasted the spirit of fear and the spirit of faith. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Romans 8 talks about, we hadn't been given the spirit of fear again to bondage. We've been given the Holy Spirit, who bears witness with our spirits. He's the spirit of life. He's the spirit of peace. He's the spirit of resurrection. The Holy Spirit is not the spirit of fear. And if God didn't give us the spirit of fear, we don't have to have it. Amen. Is that right? Amen. Say it out loud. God did not give me, not give me or send me, or send me the, spirit of fear. the spirit of fear. So what does that mean? When it shows up, which it will, it will. I wish I could tell you it'll never try to bother you, but that'd be wrong. That wouldn't be true. The spirit of fear will try to come on you. I don't care who you are. How much you think you know, how long you've walked with God, it depends on the situation and the circumstances. And you might be fine for a while, but something that really matters to you can come up and hit or a challenge or a problem and fear will try to get on you. A, a feeling of helplessness, uh, a feeling of, you know, being overwhelmed, feelings of panic, whatever. Uh, you haven't failed, you haven't been defeated because you're tempted to fear. Jesus was tempted in all points, just like us, yet without sin. Just because you feel afraid or you're tempted to fear, that's not the end of the thing. It's the beginning of the thing. You've been attacked. What do you do now? You resist it. I said you resist it, you stand against it, and you say, no, uh-uh. Fear, get out of here. 
fear, I resist you. I refuse to fear. I don't care if your knees are bumping together. I don't care if goosebumps are on your arm, the hair standing up on the back of your neck. Those are symptoms. Those are attacks of fear against you. You haven't lost this, this battle until you give up. Until you just say, well, it's, it's over. It's, I, I just can't. I quit. I quit. Now you're defeated. But just because some symptoms and some thoughts of how impossible it is for you to come out of this okay, just because that stuff hits you, that happens to everybody. And you cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of, of God in Christ. You bring into captivity every thought. These, this fear that tries to get on you and this thought that tries to tell you you're a loser and you can't get out of this. You, you, where's that thought? Grab that thing. Yeah. No, you don't. You are not true. You're not honest. You're not just. You're not pure. You're not lovely. And the Lord told me to think on those things. So you are out of here. You cast it away. You cast. Now, if it flies back on your head three more times that afternoon, what do you do? Grab it and say, you again. Shut up. Get you cast it out. Fear must be resisted. And faith must be yielded to. Don't yield to fear and resist faith. Resist fear and yield to faith. Can you say amen? 2 Corinthians 4.13 describes the operation of the spirit of faith. It says, we, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. What does that mean? You and I can and are supposed to operate just like Abraham did, just like Elijah did. Just like Moses did. Just like David did. Because we got the same. Spirit of faith. How did they see miracles? They believed something. And they said it. Hallelujah. And acted on it. Can that still happen today for us? Yes. 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 Now what we saw in yesterday's class. Was that when the spies went through the promised land and the reconnaissance mission and got all the, the produce and brought it back. And, but then 10 of the 12, the Bible said, brought up an evil report. Why, why was it an evil report? Because they, they changed what God said about the land. He said it's a good land that you will enjoy and possess and they said, uh, it's a land that will eat you up. It's a land where everybody dies. Well, God took that personally. That they, that they changed what he said about it. And they changed his good report into a bad report. Because that's, that's what the word evil means. We don't use that word evil as much in modern vernacular, but it's the same word that's translated bad. And it's the opposite of good. So there was the good report. And Caleb came out with that. I mean, right in the middle of that. 
He says, shh, shh, hush, 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 because they're all going, giants, giants. He says, shh, shh. <laughs> Listen, it is a good land, and it's our land. Let's go get it today. Go get your gear. Let's go get it today. We are well able to take it. And the other, the other people said, are you crazy? We can't do it. We can't do it. And they brought up an evil report. They were giant-minded instead of God-minded. Caleb was God-minded. And this is what it means to magnify the Lord. Doesn't the psalmist talk about this? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. What does it mean to magnify something? Well, make it, look, make it look bigger, right? I mean, if you have a magnifying glass and you put it on something, you didn't actually make it bigger, but it appears bigger, right, to you. And if it's magnified 10 times, you're like, whoa, you look past it. Oh, it's real small. Whoa, it looks big, though. <laughs> when I'm looking through the magnifier, it looks giant. When I'm looking just what it is, it ain't so giant. Depends on if what I'm magnifying. What are we to magnify? God. How big is God? You, you can't make him too big. <laughs> when, you, when you dial up the magnifier a thousand times and you read the label, it says actual size. You go, whoa. <laughs> what about a hundred thousand times? Still actual size. Oh. But when you're talking about the junk of the enemy, he is a big mouth. He is a braggart and a boaster who makes himself out to be something that he's not. He is not what he cracks himself up to be. If he were, it wouldn't be possible that like it's recorded in the book of Revelation that a single angel comes and grabs him and ties him up in chains and throws him in the pit and shuts the door. One angel. And he couldn't stop it. He, he won't be able to do anything about it. So he's not as bad as he cracks himself up to be. He is, he's, he was a created cherub who has fallen and now is a eternally defeated fallen angel. But he wants you to magnify the problem because that gives him access and that gives him room to operate. Ten of the guys that were spied out the land, what they magnify? The problem, the giants, the walled cities, and forgot about God. What Caleb and Joshua magnify? God. They said, what's wrong with you? Did you not see what God just did to the Red Sea? Huh? I think. If God can split the Red Sea, he can handle a couple of big boys. <laughs> I think so. Did you see what he did with the, uh, the Nile and with all those plagues? And with all, did you see all that? 
Did you see all that? Magnify the Lord your God. The moment something tries to scare you, don't focus on that. Don't magnify that. Don't talk about that night and day. Magnify the Lord your God. Go to 1 Samuel 17, if you will. 1 Samuel 17. In talking about giants, we have a detailed record of dealings with a giant called Goliath. Anybody remember reading about Goliath? That's our graphic on our, our faith school. The big one, that's Goliath. <laughs> and who's the, the smaller guy there with the sling? Anybody know how this turns out? Huh? We, we've, we've had the advantage of reading the story and the outcome. Why is that on the, uh, the graphic? Because it so perfectly portrays the spirit of faith. Hallelujah. What happened is David, who was called of God, uh, even as a young man, young boy, to be king and to lead God's people. Earlier in his life, he didn't know all that, but he had gotten to know God out shepherding the sheep, out in the, in the woods, out in the wilds, had plenty of time on his hands. And he learned how to uh, handle a sling he learned how to develop some skill with some uh, weapons. He, he learned how to sing and play, and he communed with God. Well, his brothers were off to war against the Philistines, and his dad sent him out there with some uh, provisions and to go check on things and see how, how the battles were going. And when he gets there, nothing's happening. There's no battle. Everybody, these are on their side and they're on their side. But here comes this giant, literally, of a man. And bellows and curses uh, the Hebrews and curses their mama and their dad and their, their history and God and defies them. And dares them to send anybody out there. He, he, he's, he's saying, are you all just yellow? Are, is there not a man among you? Nobody. Nobody. Not a man among the whole bunch. <laughs> and th this went on day after day. Day after day. This guy'd show up again, Goliath, and go through his tirade and curse, cuss everybody out and dare everybody. And David saw that and he heard that and he looked around and he said, What? Nobody going to take care of this guy? <laughs> so he asks about it. And look in, in 1 Samuel 17, he heard that and they told him, they said, hey, the king has already said that uh, if anybody does go out and fight this guy, and if they win, they never have to pay taxes again, and they get to marry the king's pretty daughter. He said, what? <laughs> Tell me that again. No taxes forever. 
get to marry the king's pretty daughter. That means you're part of the, the king's family and all that, you know. And he finally, he, he said, I'll do it. I will fight him. And made his brothers mad because he said, what's wrong with you? Talking this big talk. He's just a little, you're a kid, you're a teenager, whatever. You know, you need to shut up and get back. But somebody heard it and he must have been so convincing, they, they told the king. And he says, well, I want to hear this too. <laughs> and he shows up and he tells them. Verse 32, David said, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Saul said, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight him. You're just a youth and he's a man of war from his youth. Does this sound familiar? What David say? I can do it. I will do it. And what did the king say? You can't, you can't do it. Does this sound like the same thing we're hearing in Numbers 13? Caleb said, we can do it. What would they say? We can't do it. You, you're, you're wrong. We can't do it. But why is he saying that? Tell me about the spirit of faith. What is it? I believed, therefore I've spoken. And we, that's exactly what we see here. David said, it's a good study to read through this chapter and underline everywhere it says, David said. David said. David said. Why? Because that's his faith speaking. That's why this thing turned out the way it did. Not just because he could handle a sling, but because of his faith in God. And his faith in God was expressed through what he said. I kept my father's sheep. There came a lion and a bear, and I went after them, and I smote them, and I killed them. Your servant slew the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised, that means no covenant Philistine. Is he talking about how big he is? No. What a warrior he is. See, that's all they were talking about. They were magnifying the man, magnifying the giant, magnifying his skill as a warrior. David refused to do that. See, when you are in faith and you're talking faith, you refuse to respect the problem or magnify the problem or talk about what it can do or how it can hurt you. You refuse. If you're believing for your healing, you're not going to talk about how bad the disease is. You've got to quit talking about that because something's bigger than your disease. Something's bigger than the giant. Is it? Something's bigger than your bills, bigger than your debt, even bigger than your own mistakes and failures. God's bigger. He said, your servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he'll be just like one of them. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Not I will go give it a shot and we will see what happens. Uh Uh-uh, that ain't faith talking. That's, that's your, you're not persuaded yet. No. Does he sound like he's persuaded? He said, look, God gave me, he delivered me out of the, the paw of the lion, and he was a pretty bad lion. He delivered me out of the bear, and this Philistine, he's no worse, he's no bigger and badder than that bear or, or, or that lion. God delivered me out of their paw, he will deliver me out of his hand. He will deliver me. And I mean, his speech was so convincing that Saul said, well, go then. Go. Isn't that right? Saul said, go and the Lord be with you. (laughs) Why? 
He's just a boy. He's just a teenager, whatever. But there was something in the tone of his voice. Come on, can you hear? What was it? What was it? The spirit of faith. It was the spirit of faith. He was so convinced that the king and the people hearing him, it convinced them too. They thought, well, maybe this kid could actually do this. And so sure enough, he went out there and you know, the, when, when Goliath saw him, he said, am I a dog that you send a kid out here with sticks? He was insulted. And verse 45, David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. See, he said, my confidence is not in my weapons like yours is. See, David's not talking about what he can do. He's not talking about his ability or his power. He he keeps saying the Lord. The Lord, the Lord, he will, he'll deliver, he will give you, verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will smite you and take your head off of you and all your buddies too, the carcasses of the host of the Philistine. I mean, this just sounds like crazy talk, but did it happen? Just Have you read the rest of the chapter? All of this came to pass within the next few moments. He said, and all this assembly will know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. That's what the ten spies forgot. That's what they're not talking about. They're not talking about how the Lord brought them out of slavery, how he got them to this point. Uh, They're talking, they're just infatuated on the giants until they decided the giants were bigger than God. Yeah, God said it, nevertheless, but that doesn't matter because giants, giants are not indestructible. Yeah, they're big, they're ugly, they're bad, but they are not indestructible. Your giants, not indestructible. And by faith in God, you will overcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I will overcome. I am born of God and I will overcome. And our time is up today. (laughs) Come back next time. There's a whole lot more to see. See you again soon here in Faith School. Glad you're with us again today and and this week. At the end of the week, I always like to uh, speak and uh, agree in faith with all of our partners. Uh, Many of you are partners, and and that's why we're able to do the things that we do. If you want to become a partner, there's information on the screen there. What we saw is that you must not believe the bad report, and you must not let a need become a giant, and you magnify it to the point that you forget about what God can do for you. The bills, the debt is not unconquerable. It is not something so big that it cannot be taken care of and defeated. Don't compare it to yourself or what you can produce or your ability. Compare it to what God can do. God can turn it around in a day. Quicker than that. Say it out loud, Father God, you are my source. Unlimited. Unfailing. I claim more than enough to meet the needs, to pay the bills, to pay it off. It's not bigger than you. 
This is a small thing to you, O Lord. I speak increase over our partners. I agree with them. I call every bill paid, every need met, every debt paid off, paid in full. So be it. Hallelujah. Just like that Goliath hit the ground when David threw the sling, your debt and your need will hit the ground too. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the victory. We'll see you again soon back here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.